Barbecue's our passion, and that's just what you'll get where the Kim Burns is a barbecuer. Tales from the pits. Howdy, welcome to another episode of Tales from the Pits. This is Brian. And Andrew. And today we're in Waco at the Pints in the Park Barbecue and Brew Festival. And we have with us... Philip Helberg. And Yvette Helberg. And, and you together guys... they make up... Helberg Barbecue. Barbecue. There we go. That was a nice little sing-along we had there. There we go. <laughs> um, so you guys are pretty new to the barbecue scene. Um, I don't think a, a lot of people know enough about you yet. So you know, we definitely want to try to let people know what you're doing. Um, you guys are doing some unique stuff, but we just ate a really unique bite of food that uh, hopefully we can talk about here. Um, some uh, Filipino pork, which was just awesome, but we'll, we'll get into that. We don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. Um, let's talk about how you guys met. Um, is there a story of, you know, romantic comedy, meet cute thing? What, what, how did that go down? In fact, there is. Uh... <laughs> These are always good for ratings. Yeah, <laughs> great. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, I left Texas in uh, 2015. I actually went to go work on a cruise ship, and uh, I worked. I grew up in Houston and lived there most of my life, north of Houston, Woodlands. Um, but I, I was living downtown um, and working down there, and then uh, decided to get out of Texas, branch out a little bit, and so I thought I'd go work on a cruise ship. And uh, so I was out in Hawaii for the better part of a year. Um, and that probably did not suck. It did. <laughs> Actually, no, it, no, it, it was cool. It really was. What were you doing on the cruise ship? Um, I was a server um, okay. and, uh, and a carpet shampooer. That was the best job. Uh, and a bus boy. Yeah, I, I did a lot. Mm-hmm. And I was on the medical team. That was fun. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, everybody has two jobs. might be a jobs. whole episode, but there's probably some stories from there. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, yeah. That's that's yeah. a whole other show. Tales from the cruise ship. Probably. That's our next <laughs> yeah. podcast. Yeah, so there, I've got stories for days. Um, <laughs> but uh, it wasn't actually far into my, my contract there that I met her. She was a passenger. Um, her whole family came aboard uh, for her birthday early April and um, my uh, I was just out I, mean, I was still new you know so I was like blessing tables and stuff like that and one of my buddies that I worked with um, kind of came over to me and was like hey there's these cute girls over there you should go try to hit on them you know and um, totally what you're not supposed to do <laughs> when you're an employee on a cruise ship the um, love boat yeah exactly something um, exciting and we've new. gotten that so many times <laughs> But yeah, it just kind of went from there. Um, I my pickup line had to do with baseball because we're both huge uh, baseball fans. So Astros um, fans. <laughs> Not funny quite. story. About that. Uh, no, so you got to tell us the pickup line. I, you know what? It actually wasn't even really a pickup line. It was just I was just asking her if she was excited for opening day. Um, so it was the day before opening day. That it was the day. Year. I was the day and before opening day. And I was decked out in Dodgers. I think Dodgers. that's a euphemism I was for say, something else. How did you know she was a baseball fan? Were you just, hey, I'm going to baseball, and I'm hoping that she's into it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was decked out in Dodger stuff from head to toe. Okay, so safe so bet. He yeah. didn't think I was actually a baseball fan. It I was more she was of a what hey. they call a cleat chaser. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she's just wearing it because it's cute, and not because she actually knows anything. Yeah, is more what his mentality was coming into that. <laughs> yeah. But um, she she actually knew more of what was going on uh, than I did at the time because you're, you're in the middle of the ocean, you're kind of separated from the outside world uh, to to an extent. So I was pretty impressed to say the least, and 
um, our week just kind of we just kind of happened to be around each other on that ship for most of the week and more like I crashed every shift of his <laughs> yeah it's pretty small boat. I'm sure it was easy to run into it. After about, <laughs> yeah, after about the third night in a row of my my late night shift of where like you know pretty much nobody's around because I worked on a on an what we call newlyweds and nearly deads uh, <laughs> cruise, um, and it was more of the latter to tell you the truth because it wasn't cheap. It was not a cheap cruise, so. Um, a lot of the newlywed crowd just couldn't probably afford to be on that ship. So everything shuts down at like nine, basically. Uh, so once I, I always managed to weasel my way into those late night, overnight shifts where nothing's happening and I can just kind of goof off <laughs> and, um, or, or flirt, you know, so that was kind of how that got started. And then, uh, we just kept in contact a little bit. Uh, I was pretty flaky, uh, for, yeah. for a few months, <laughs> um, using the the reception thing as a as an excuse but um once once my contract was finished you the the thing that really sucks about working on a cruise ship is it's seven days a week for at least five months straight and you're working like you know 12 hour days or whatnot that's what i've heard from Um, people that are chefs on cruise ships the money is great because you can't spend it anywhere exactly but you're always working exactly yes and you get lots of overtime um but you know, it was good conditioning for cooking barbecue. Now that I look back on it, you know, just the long hours and and whatnot, um, yeah. and it's you know, and and uh, being a farmer too, because it's you know, you never escape your job. It's, it's there with you all the time. Uh, but uh, I, I got the cool thing about about it though is once you get off, you have however many months you work, you have that many weeks of vacation. So me and my buddies did a cross country road trip. We hit the uh, Grand Canyon we went to California we were gonna go to Yosemite we ended up going but um, she convinced us actually to stop in, in LA um, bribed them with free food yeah which was <laughs> enough yeah, for us usually works. Um, 36 tacos does the yeah trip. and uh, <laughs> and sent us off with a gas card too that without we would not have made it home <laughs> we would not have made it back she to was Houston. taking care of you from day one yeah <laughs> yeah yeah I mean, seriously, though, my, my buddies, like, when she whipped out those tacos that night, um, they were like, why haven't you bought the ring yet? Like, <laughs> um, so, yeah, that ended up, what was supposed to be, like, an overnight and one-day thing turned into, like, three days hanging out. Um, and then we ended up kidnapping her and taking her up to San Francisco with us. And then um, we actually stopped by her, her parents' place on the farm before we headed up to Yosemite because they're just south of there. Um, and uh, so got to experience her on the farm, which was very different from, I got to see like who she really was because that was where she grew up on, and everything. And, and that was a side of her that I didn't really know. And that was kind of when I, I knew that it was something. So I kind of then at that point decided when I went back to the ship, I was only going to go for a couple of months and then move out to California to be with her. And I had a job lined up that ended up falling through, um, but I, I got to California for the right reason anyway. Um, and then uh, I just started, <laughs> actually, I started racing mountain bikes a lot. <laughs> like, that was kind of what I did in California. Um, but we lived in, uh, <laughs> y'all know Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure? Ooh, San Dimas? We lived in San, San Dimas. Dimas. Oh, man, that's awesome. <laughs> San Dimas High School Football Rules! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. I they're making a time. third one. We yeah. would be, are they really? Yes, they are. No. Yes. You know they're making another Super Troopers. Right? Yeah, yes. that, yeah, that it one's came out. done. Yeah. Oh, is it? But yeah, yeah, it came out on 420. I, oh, 
Well, of course. <laughs> but yes, there is another Bill and Ted in the works about they're they're middle aged now and they never wrote the song that saved the world. What? And yes, it's, it's like midlife crisis. But George Bill and Carlin's Ted. gone now. Carlin's gone, so I don't know who's going to be Rufus or how they're going to get in the phone booth. But this podcast has taken a really weird turn in this. <laughs> anyway, we're, yeah. gonna, we're going over the script yes. of an unwritten Bill and Ted third <laughs> sequence. But um, let's but get yeah. let's get back to sorry, the, the wonderful sorry. love story yeah. that is Hobart yeah. Barbecue. And, and I'd like to know on on the farm what what was going on on the farm. What were y'all farming? So my parents, my dad particularly, was a wine grape farmer, has been for 50 years now, and my grandpa did that before as well as uh, he had a dairy before that. But now my entire family, cousins, all still farm to this day, all in the same little city, all live within a mile of each other, doing almonds, wine grapes, raisins, walnuts now. Uh, Yeah, sounds about right. Other than the stuff they just grow around the house for fun, like peaches and whatnot, you know. But it's great. I mean, you drive down there, the right time of year, you know, August, September, you you can just drive down the street grapes and just even straight off the vine it's it's awesome like the first time my mom ever tried it she was like wow i've never had a grape before yeah uh, so it's, it's a cool. different lifestyle Definitely. and i loved it I, when i moved to southern california for college i went back every week because i hated it in socal <laughs> and then eventually i got tired of driving so i stayed down there so that couldn't have been a short trip, especially with the infamous traffic. Oh my gosh. It's about four hours. You think, y'all think Houston traffic is bad? I grew up there in Houston, right? So I thought Houston traffic was bad. I'm talking about you need to be where you're going to be for the rest of the day by, you know, three o'clock in the afternoon or else the rest of your evening is going to be spent on the road at a dead stop. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but seeing her on the farm, though, was, was uh, totally a different, you know, it was it was really a a, a um, what am I? It was foreshadowing, I guess, of what kind of our life is like now, and that and I couldn't be happier about it. You know, that was what I wanted. So it was cool. About was it eleven? So you drive forklift. Oh yeah, <laughs> I don't even. Know I, I love drive driving forklifts. <laughs> it was like, like eleven months after he moved to California, he proposed out in SoCal. Um, got my best friend in on it. Played Led Zeppelin. No, Pink Floyd. Pink Floyd. Wrong group. Pink Floyd. <laughs> Which song? Um, Wish You Were Here. Was it? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was Wish You because Were Here. Because our first kiss was to Time, Time by Pink Floyd. Nice. And Kawhi. And Kawhi Under the Stars. I'm not even... You can't make this stuff up. <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, Calm down over there, Brian. Yeah. This is like Brian's dream. <laughs> that <could he> see? <laughs> uh, no, yeah, so I mean... We've had many a drunk pop-up singing Pink Floyd. Yes. yes. (laughs) Oh, yeah. They're the bomb. And we used to go on, uh, me and my buddies used to go on long mountain bike trips. And uh, we had a a friend who's notorious for it. When he was behind the wheel, he would would take voluntarily an an extraordinarily long stretch and play the entire Pink Floyd discography. (laughs) And you knew it was coming, too, you know? You're like, Uh, oh, we got some time. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, yeah, then after that, you know, I was pretty set on coming back. Um, and, uh, like so I said, once that, so sorry. Did you cook barbecue growing up, or how did barbecue get started for you? You know, I grew up in the woodlands, and you all know the Houston area well enough to know that, that I mean, there's still really not great barbecue. In the, there's the festival now, but. Yeah, the Woodlands Festival's really good. Yeah. And then, I mean, Quartz Cruz technically not woodlands, they're Old Town Spring, but. Right. I guess OTS is close enough, you know. I lived on kind of the other outskirt uh, but 
Um, it was around, you know, barbecue was always around. It was just sort of ubiquitous thing. Um, like I said, I think we had like Spring Creek and um, a couple other places up like Papa's or whatever, off 45. But um, it was more so just um, just cooking that got me really into it, you know, because uh, my, my mom was, uh, she was a single mother from the time I was 10 and she worked like three jobs. So by the time I was in like middle school, um, I did I did a lot of cooking on my own, you know, when I get home from school or whatever. And, and I started really getting into it. Um, and uh, I started watching Alton Brown on the Food Network and that was what really got me because I don't know, I just love that dude. He's so quirky and um, he's a genius, you know. And uh, he actually wanted, he made me want to be like a food scientist, you know. Um, I had plans to do that. I was going to go to um, UMass at Amherst and study that. Uh, anyway, he, he got me really into the science, you know, behind cooking. And then, uh, and then I found Anthony Bourdain and it was one thing after another. These guys really, really inspired me. Um, and so it really just started from a love of, of cooking, you know, and then the barbecue thing didn't actually come about until I left Texas. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, I was so young, uh, you know, I didn't, okay, you know what? My first great barbecue experience was actually Luling City Market. Um, and that was because my mom went to school in San Antonio and, so when she would drive us out there to visit, you know, family or just for, you know, weekend in Wimberley or something like that, um, she would, you know, we would stop at Luling City Market and she would tell me, this, this is the real deal. This is barbecue, you know, like the communal tables, the crackers. Yeah, going through the grocery part yep. and into the yes. pit room. And, yes. yes, I love that. Oh, it's a wonderful experience. And the sausage. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that oh. sausage. It's <laughs> one of our favorites. It is your, it, your it may favorite. Be, yeah, yeah. As far as old school classic sausage, I don't know that it gets any better than Oh, man. The, the, the grease just spills right. out and everything. Yep. You just sop it yeah, up. It's, it's the perfect old school barbecue oh, experience. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. They've got some pretty good spare ribs there, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, we were eating some at 8 in the morning last time we were there. We yeah. didn't think they'd have ribs ready that early, but they did, and thank, thankfully for us. But. Ribs and that mustard sauce. Oh, yeah, the mustard sauce. We have a, our beer mustard sauce is sort of inspired by, by them. Um, so so that, that was kind of my first um, experience with what real Texas barbecue was. Um, and that was, I don't even remember how old that was, but it was just, you know, growing up. That was kind of what I knew as good barbecue. And then the... Um, like I said, the, the sort of new wave of, of barbecue didn't really hit me until we were still living in California at the time. But we came out to Texas to visit some of my friends, and that was the first time. We went yeah, to John we, Miller's. We went to John Miller Meat Company on 6th Street. Um, <laughs> Who's that? Did not yeah. <laughs> get anything thrown at us. Uh, this is my first Texas barbecue experience. We got actually. just the right amount of tood. it was the good it was the experience and it was funny because like this is just how oblivious i was to what barbecue had become right in texas was this is what 2015 Mm -hmm. um no 16 was was it Mm -hmm. wow february jesus really not they're having their first fight on air folks (laughs) um and uh and i we were in austin because i was doing a mountain bike race actually in, in smithville and um with some of my friends and and uh, I asked my buddy um, who lived in Austin, like, hey, what should we do while we're here for a couple of days, you know, because I had never really spent much time in town in Austin, you know, it had always been kind of around. And he was like, oh, well, you got to go to Franklin. And this is like, you know, 
10 o'clock at night. I'm like, <laughs> and then I do a little research on it, and I'm like, oh, I'm like not prepared to get up at 4 in the morning tomorrow. <laughs> so that didn't happen. So I, then that was my first introduction to the Texas Monthly List because then it was like, I found by some way or another, I found like, well, here are all the other great barbecue places in Texas. So I saw John Miller Meat Company and, and it was like, there's usually not a line here. I was like, sweet, I'm sold. So <laughs> we went there um, and it was incredible. That was I mean, awesome. that was, that was my, re- you know, revelation. The, the Louis Miller first bite yeah. revelation, that, yeah. was, that yeah. was mine. Um, it, was, it was incredible. It's kind of like we just had Did you that. do the beef rib that day or we didn't no but uh, everything else i think but. i think yeah everything else it was the day before a mountain bike race i wasn't trying yeah to... probably best idea yeah. <laughs> yeah. We still yeah. ate a lot though oh yeah we, we still, ordered we, everything on that menu we, fair, we ate our fair share for sure but it was yeah it was unlike anything that i had had before you know growing up in the woodlands area so um that that kind of planted the seed i guess because um, when we got back it was maybe two months later that we moved um, and we finally had a backyard yeah and we had a backyard little backyard that there was <laughs> you know it's just Southern California and it was all like concrete pavement you know um, and and so we moved into this house and it was like uh, you know we, we were just doing patch up jobs around the house you know just moving in you've always got some work to do so we went in there and um, we, we went to Home Depot to get probably spackled I don't know there's a bunch of holes in the wall so we we were going to pick up some stuff to fix up the house and it was like the the uh the dove ascended from heaven when I first walked in the Home Depot and there was this $99 smoker right there like on sale you know what I mean it was a uh, and I was like, Can you remember we get what it? it was? Oklahoma Joe's or uh, remember the brand? River Grill? I yeah. River Grill. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Not even in Oklahoma Joe. I would have been stoked to have an Oklahoma Joe. I think those are starting at like 150 199 yeah, so yeah. Yeah. No way. No, this thing burned out in like six months, but it was it was great. Yeah. It was fun. Um, Did a lot of tweaking to it to try yeah. to insulate it better and yeah, I got all these like, little things. Um, what was it? Those like fiberglass welding blankets mm-hmm. to like put over it and stuff like that. So, so you immediately got into the whole pit science, pig, pig technology oh, part of all this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I dove... <laughs> right into the rabbit hole man like that first the first into the rabbit I, hole yes. actually <laughs> and that's kind of how i am with everything um but but this has been different for me because you can dive into the rabbit hole you can learn as much as you want about it but until you spend you put in the hours doing it and even still like i was just telling y'all earlier now that it's heated up you know for summertime like i'm realizing that my briskets are cooking like two hours faster than they were before and that's, that's why I love doing this because, like, every day it's something different, you know. It's generally the same thing. It's, you know, salt, pepper, meat, smoke, you know, but. Uh, Wood seasoning, temperature, everything. temperature changes, yeah, wind. There's a thousand every, And especially when, like, we, course, don't, we yeah. don't have, like, a wood guy, you know what I mean? Like, we are the wood guy. <laughs> <laughs> we go, luckily, we hired a guy that, that's done tree service his whole life, so he knows where all the little lots are around here. Um and uh, I won't say where those are, but we get free wood that way. <laughs> nice. But we do have to cut and split all of it ourselves and stuff like that. So there's a there's a there's a trade off there. Um, so yeah, we this cheap thin sheet metal smoker um, cooked my first brisket like Fourth of July, I think. Brought it over um, to a party. Was Brought it easy over, to get a brisket over there back then? I'm talking like nine dollars a pound Ooh. for choice. 
but there's <laughs> but there's sources you can still get because yes. yes. it's such a tri-tip heavy state, right? Yeah, yeah. I and love. I learned how to cook tri-tip while I was out there, and it's a great cut of meat. I mean, like I I'm sure Joey Victorian is is killing it out there. I, I it takes balls to cook tri-tip in Texas. You know what I mean? Uh, it's just so good. It's yeah, it's really good. I can't imagine how the guy makes money off of it because I know that at least out there it's super expensive, but. Uh, <laughs> so, but anyway, yeah, there, no, you could find it. Um, a lot of people would look at you funny when you ask for, like, a whole packer, you know what I mean? They'd be like, what, you mean like this? I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> but um, eventually we found our way to a really awesome butcher up in Chino um, who are still, they're good friends of ours to this day. Um, we catered their wedding. Hottinger um, Family Meats. Yeah, Hottinger Family Meats, shout out. Shout out. Uh, <laughs> They're uh, third so generation. So all you illegal underground barbecue joints in California, that's where you can try to go for your brisket source. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They've got great stuff. Um, we got prime grade there. Yeah, they got prime black Angus. They have, they've got an inn with a with a ranch out in Nebraska, I believe. Nice. Um, but super good guys. That, like I said, they're on their third third generation owner of you know in the family, and uh, just really cool people they'd let me come into the back and pick out which briskets i wanted and things like that so they were really helpful in in uh, us getting started when we started doing more but really it just became like you know especially when we were paying nine bucks a pound uh for brisket it was like amazing to think about i know for choice not even prime wow (laughs) one of your favorite places luling city market at that time was serving 13 dollar a pound cooked brisket yes yeah yeah Yeah. yep incredible (laughs) so we, it, you know, the first one was uh, hardly edible, but yeah. to us, you know, and the people we served it to, they thought like it was awesome and uh, and. How bad they actually ate it. Now that I look back <laughs> at it, like. <laughs> yeah, you know, some people though. Some people like when we moved here, we really said like we're getting called up to the big leagues. You know, this is it. But because because I swear, like some of the worst briskets I think I've ever cooked. We got such awesome feedback on in, in California, but it's like, you know, <laughs> yeah, bless what, their hearts. What were you doing rub-wise back then? Were you trying to do a Central oh, Texas style? Like or everything. <laughs> like my first two briskets that I did had like the, just everything but the kitchen sink. Um, and it was so freaking salty. Like you couldn't take like two bites, you know, before you're like, literally, okay, I couldn't take I'm two done. bites actually. Was it kosher salt, table salt or? I mean, it was kosher salt, okay. but. Cause just a lot of the salty brisket experiences we've had have been table, table salt. Yeah. I can't imagine, man. Yeah. I cannot imagine. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you can find it on my personal Instagram if you really want to <laughs> dig deep and find it, and it's really funny. But um, I'm at Tabasco Phil. <laughs> That's why. Um, and uh, yeah, I just wanted. We it was kind of like once a month. Um, I started convincing her to let me cook a brisket mm-hmm. once a month. Um, just because of how much it costs until yeah. we found yeah, the other ex- butchers. That's an like, expensive thing to practice with. Yeah. And, yeah. and they were especially, pretty big briskets, too. Especially when we're feeding two people, too, yeah. you know? It's like, what do you, what do we... And that was eventually what led to us sort of trying to sell it. Um, or really, we were just giving it away at first. Um, and and then it, it became like, well, you know, if we want to keep doing this, because it, it had become a hobby of mine at... at at that point in time so i was i was in the rabbit hole already and i was not turning back um and uh so so we're like all right if we're gonna do this you know we need to at least make it worth our while somehow because we were you know not exactly 
So was was the point or the intention then to move into opening a trailer at some point, or were yeah. you still just experimenting? I mean, right at that time, no. At that point, no. I mean, it wasn't until right before our wedding when we had some friends over to help make stuff for our wedding with us that we fed them that night yeah, as we threw compensation a party. Yeah. for helping us with wedding stuff. And one of my friends was like, you should just sell your beans. You guys can make <laughs> some serious money off your beans. And I'm like, okay. Then I'll take it. Two months know? later, we were an official business in California. Yeah. Kind of took it seriously. And then it just kind of went from there and all the catering we did. And just word of mouth, we didn't market ourselves in Southern California. We couldn't afford to. We couldn't afford to. Yeah, we so we no just money. let word of mouth do it for us, which paid off really in the end for us. There is something to be said for what the guys in, in California are doing underground. You know, they're, it, it's definitely working for them as long as they can get away with it. But we we were in um, sort of a small suburban community that that word travels, you know, pretty quickly. And uh, I mean, and the cops even knew we were doing it technically, <laughs> and they. But we fed them. But we fed that was them. The key. Right. Yeah, yeah. And you, that was you the gotta key feed to the it. right people. Yes. Yes. We yes. fed we them fed and them. the fire department. Time. It was funny, actually, the first day we brought home our, our pit that we use t- still today, um, somebody called the fire department on us. Um, they thought Without it was even like, cooking it, just bringing no, it home? No, it was just yeah. in our driveway, yeah. <laughs> someone called the fire department on us, and like they kind of rolled They rolled up, and they are like, With is this your pit? On. Yeah. She Freaked was freaking me. out. <laughs> uh, I don't even know what I was doing, but she came and got me, and she's like, Phil, the fire department's here. What do I do? <laughs> so uh, they were like, is this your pit? And I was like... Yeah, and uh, they were like, "This is freaking cool, man." <laughs> they didn't even care. They were like, "Yeah, no, this is fine." I guess somebody called. They probably get calls like that all the time, you know. They're like, "Somebody called, thought it was a fire hazard, but no, you're good." <laughs> cool. Yeah. yeah the, the fire department shut me down for a burn barrel in the backyard once, but uh, never just for having a pit. That's uh, yeah, interesting. Yeah, we weren't allowed to have stuff in our driveway that wasn't our car. Yeah, they which coming have... from Texas, it's like. Yeah. This is my property. I can put whatever I want on it. You we know? thought because it fit not, our Not in our subdivisions these days, no. <laughs> yeah, I know. But we got, we got a, a letter because we had a car cover on our car. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds about right. What? Yeah, on a convertible car, there's a car cover. And we went through the the HOA records and all of that, and it, it's kind of flaky because it says that you can't have any storage of vehicles. Well, mm. it's not stored. It's just it's a convertible. Covered. We're trying to keep the rain off of it. Yeah. And, uh yeah, whatever. But it's it's get off my lawn. Yeah, yeah. HOAs are crazy though. I mean, I mean, we've run three pits at a time at his house. Yep. And uh, so far, so good. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I've had cops drive by. They just wave. Yeah. So far, they, it just takes one know. one neighbor it though. It doesn't take. It's not the cops or the fire department. It's always just the HOA. Yeah. Right. You have to do. Yeah. Or neighbors. Or an angry neighbor. Yeah. 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 yeah we we had an angry. Well, not angry, but a kind of persnickety neighbor for a while. So I just made sure the smoke sacks pointed towards the other neighbor's house. You know. Yeah. You do what you can, but I, I think mean, all of our neighbors appreciated it. Really, it, the smell was great. As long yeah. as I mean, when you start doing it every weekend, I think they might get tired of it. Yeah. But every once in a while, I think everyone loves a good cookout. Mm-hmm. Except for you might have a higher number of vegans in California that you know, may take offense to it. You'd but. be surprised how much we dealt with that. Yeah. <laughs> or you wouldn't. I don't know. I think you'd be more surprised at how many people loved brisket. Well, we had to educate Californians, just like we're doing here in Waco. That was the thing. We served at some summer concerts in our area. I would not compare the educational (laughs) learning curve between here and there. It was a lot worse there. But, like, like what is brisket? 
Yeah. What's lean and <laughs> yeah. moist? What do y'all got here? Try tip? Yeah. yeah. A lot of people. Sure. You have tri tip? Sure. No, we got it. brisket. This is Texas barbecue. And then we met a lot of retired people from Texas out there that are like, oh, I haven't had this in years. This is great. Yeah. I'm like, that was cool. Why are you out here? <laughs> yeah. You so see, you retire and go the other way. Right. Right. <laughs> Yeah, so you guys had made this a business in California. Um, it sounds like it was at least picking up some steam for you guys. Yeah. So what made you decide, okay, we're going to leave California and go to the most saturated place for Texas barbecue, <laughs> Texas? What made, what made you decide to make that leap to, to the uh, great state we're in now? Thanks for tuning in to part one of our episode with Hellberg Barbecue. We split this episode into two parts to make it a little easier for everyone to listen to during their commute. Part 2 is available for download right now, so check that out to hear more about what's going on in the Hellberg menu. Give them a try on your next trip to Waco. They're open for breakfast and lunch Thursday through Saturday at Pinewood Coffee Bar. If you have any questions about the show or questions about the barbecue world, contact us at talesfromthepits at gmail.com. We'll be recording another listener question episode in the near future, so be on the lookout for that and make sure you're following us on Twitter and Instagram to stay on the loop on all new giveaways we've got coming up. At BBQ Podcast is our Twitter, and at Tales from the Pits is our Instagram name. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon.